Side effects. It's the purple and black pill. Hello, friends. Uh, it's likely we'll be keeping this dispatch relatively short because your boy Ty has taken his second dose and is feeling like absolute death. <laughs> uh, I'm slightly delirious and uh, very sweaty, and we are going to press on regardless because that's what we do here. We uh we must discuss the Sacramento Kings with like seven games left in a lost season. That's our duty in life. Joining me as always, my best friend since age five. It's Duncan Smith. Hey Dunk. Hello. I got my shots. I'm I'm eight feet tall now, so I'm actually gonna try out for the Kings next season. That's so sick. I have yeah, I'm I've been thinking a lot of sort of thoughts in terms of like whether Microsoft is good or or bad, and I've been thinking mainly how good they are, how helpful Bill Gates is, things like that. The microchips that are now coursing through my veins have got me feeling powerful in a way, but also weakened, obviously. Yeah, you've you got your third eye connected with uh, with Clippy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm uh, I've entered into sort of the the type of cyberspace that they used to depict in like '90s. Movies like Virtuosity. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. One's digital. Kill my wife and my daughter. The other's the law. Where's my gun? You're you're moving stuff around on a on an invisible screen, like plasma. Plasma mostly is what you're moving around with your fingertips. I'm doing a lot of rotating shapes inside my mind, things mm. like that, just to cr- try and stay sharp. Uh, anyway. We have a, a couple things to discuss uh, in terms of the actual job we're here to do, which is podcast about basketball. We have two wins. Uh, again, uh, we appear to be ready to <laughs> do the funniest thing we could possibly do here at the end of the season and possibly run the table. Is this, <laughs> is this four in a row for some weird reason? I think it is. Four in a row. Yep. And... We have a very soft schedule coming up for the rest of the year. Tonight, Friday against San Antonio, Sunday and Tuesday against Oklahoma City. All of those at home. Next week, twice at Memphis after that. And then against Utah to close out the season, which they'll most likely be sitting everyone. It would just be so appropriate. Again, like I hope that it's clear at this point that like I'm not mad. Whatever happens the rest of the season, kind of who cares, you know. But just that it would be so perfectly in keeping with the rest of this season if they had a pointless like eight game winning streak to close things out after you know multiple nine game losing streaks and other long losing streaks on top of that it's just kind of perfect well i mean the the suns did that last season right they finished eight and zero in the bubble and didn't make the playoffs if i remember correctly because they just were too far out of it to begin with thus sort of negating the entire point of inviting them to the bubble and then they you know, grabbed a Hall of Famer in the offseason, and now they're the best team in the league. So what do you know? Yeah, all we got to do is is trade for one of the greatest players at his position in NBA history. No problem. Shaq's available. That's true. He's an owner. Is that a conflict of interest? Or uh, No, I think look at what Michael Jordan with the Wizards. It'll be just like that. Right. Man, now that you bring that up, you know, we've never addressed that. But that was such a great illustration of Vivek being completely fucking lost when he first bought the team. Cause like, can you think of a celebrity 
that Sacramento Kings fans would like to have involved with their team less than Shaquille O'Neal, maybe Kobe. Yeah, it, it was it was a weird move. I mean, I guess that Shaq has become just like America's uncle or something, and so like I guess we're cool with it. But little little tone deaf. I don't know who he could have replaced Shaq with that would have as much money and as much sort of celebrity influence. That that would have been a tough find. Get somebody interested in in buying part of a Sacramento basketball team. I don't know. If you've heard of a little guy by the name of Lionel Simmons, but I think that would have been just fine. Yeah, I'll train jazz concerts at the. Was that Lionel? Mm-mm, Wayman Tisdale. Oh, unfortunately, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Wayman. I specifically didn't bring up Wayman Tisdale because it's really sad that Wayman Tisdale died. Oh wow! Rest in peace, Wayman. Yeah. So just since we're on the topic, it's important. We have kind of a loose episode today, anyway. Uh, Wayman Tisdale. For those of you fans who didn't know, uh, played for the Sacramento Kings in the '90s for a long time. He was a beloved fan favorite. Uh, it turns out he went to college at Oklahoma and was best friends with the country singer Toby Keith. Whoa. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. And after his playing career ended, he had like a legitimately very successful multi-Grammy nominated smooth jazz career. He's like this incredible smooth jazz bassist. I mean, I knew about the jazz. Obviously, I had forgotten whether it was him or L-Train, but I, I need to be spending a lot more time on Wayman Tisdale's Wikipedia page. What an interesting life. He's a fascinating, fascinating case. And yeah, then unfortunately, I think it was, it was diabetes or something. He, he passed away way too early in his, in his 50s. And um, L-Train, the reason you're confused is that L-Train is possibly the greatest smooth jazz nickname possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> L train, L train on the double bass. Yeah, exactly. L train just fucking smooth on the fretless. Um, we're uh, we're going to actually we're going to actually start the podcast now. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. So the the Kings are good again now against bad teams or whatever. Who cares? They played a couple games. We all saw it. Uh, something that I want to bring up, which was just really funny to me is that finally in this kind of season, I I don't want to be melodramatic and say season from hell, but like this really annoying up and down season where the Kings are sort of tend to be the source of some kind of like really lame drama here and there. It was really nice for once to be involved in a game where the crazy stupid drama was coming from the other team as it was in the Indiana game when assistant coach greg foster for the pacers just like straight up tried to fight one of his own players right in the middle of the game it was so funny greg foster i'm not sure if you uh all remember at home but he was a big time role player for the utah jazz of the late 90s and early 2000s one of my most hated teams of all time also a a latter period laker i think i think that's exactly right it's just really, you can imagine how chagrined I am that like the only Foster that I can really think of in NBA history is this asshole. And I, I don't want to besmirch him. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice professional man, but this he was absolutely despised by me um, as a little kid. And it's really funny that the first that I hear of him as an assistant coach is this <laughs> drama going down. Also, just on top of that, Indiana's coach, Nate Bjorkren, has suddenly like you don't really hear anything about a first-year coach unless something terrible is going on, pretty much, or unless he's like Nick Nurse and he's coaching out of his mind. You know, Bjorken came from the Nick Nurse coaching tree 
in Toronto. And Indiana's not looking too smart for the change that they made because they got rid of Nate McMillan after sort of agreeing to extend him. And now Nate, Millen, Nate McMillan has turned Atlanta into a good team, sort of single-handedly, it feels like. And Nate Bjorkren is getting like multiple articles written about him at the same time in multiple outlets being like, wow, this guy's such a big asshole that he's probably going to lose his job. Yeah, Nate needs a publicist. He's, he's on the struggle right now. For real. It, it, it's one of those things, too. It, truly, like to your point, it really goes to show how different it is being a nice guy versus being a dick because Luke Walton is exactly the opposite of this guy. It feels like in a lot of ways, he's really easygoing. He gets along with the media. He gets along with, you know, the staff. He gets along with his players. He goes out of his way to like be personable. And so he gets a lot more leeway than a guy like this who just clearly is really abrasive and kind of abusive. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is on the outline if this is an approved topic for episode 25, but I think we also saw an article this week in the Athletic about the Kings coaching situation and how Vivek has had issues with Walton prior to this season, like he's he was already kind of on the hot seat, but that Walton has actually improved his position a little bit by having a good working relationship with McNair and also being well-liked by De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. And that's interesting. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Because, you know, the star player who's got a $160 million guarantee from the team being in support of the incumbent coach is a hard thing to overcome even in a season where we, you know, had a lot nine game losing streak, including to the Detroit Pistons without Jeremy Grant. So that is, I think, exactly what you're talking about in terms of the importance of just getting along in an NBA head coaching career if you are a, a young coach. I love how that that Detroit loss is just like defines the whole season. I don't know why, but everybody everybody seems to agree. Like, that's like the thing I'm going to remember about this season more than anything else is that one game without Jeremy Grant where Corey Joseph beat us. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't go out there and control Corey Joseph, then you might be coached by Luke Walton. (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy redneck (laughs) joke set up. Yeah. None of this is to say that uh, I don't actually know what's going on in Indiana. I've just been reading these articles like everybody else, and I don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes with the Kings. But I just think that that parallel is really interesting that like you can get away with being a mediocre coach or worse if you are nice. I I mean, it stands to reason. It makes sense. But it's just it's funny to be reminded of that. I wanted to talk before we uh, bail because I'm <laughs> because I'm pretty delirious. Um, I wanted to talk a couple general NBA topics. One thing that that struck me as really funny this week, uh, Sam Amick is a reporter we discuss a lot. He's from the Sacramento area. He's been covering the Kings for years and years. And he was he was kind of bugging out on Twitter the other day about Nikola Jokic's sort of standing in the NBA media that he's that he's like seeing too many people who want to treat this guy like he's not serious and like he's not an all-time great. And I remember reading that and being like, this is like a straw man, right? Like, I'm not not aware of this. Like, everybody that I know thinks that Nikola Jokic is like the greatest thing that's ever happened and both funny and interesting and really fucking good. And uh, I guess he was referencing some specific uh, specific article 
by some guy who was saying that this is going to be the worst MVP of all time. Editor's note, it was Fox Sports commentator Nick Wright. And I just remember thinking like, like what, this, is, this is the most ginned up controversy I could possibly think of because Nikola Jokic is having one of the greatest offensive seasons of all time. He's definitely the greatest passing big man and just one of the greatest passers, period, bar none, in NBA history. He's elevated the team that he's on year over year to new and greater heights. They look like a serious championship contender, even without arguably their second best player. And so it seems like he's a shoe-in at this point. Yes, he benefited from a couple injuries, but that happens every year. <laughs> like I don't understand why this has to be... There has to be drama with this. Like, you can just discuss it or not discuss it. I don't know. I mean, here we are doing the same thing. But did you, I, 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 did you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't. I would agree that if you pay attention to the NBA, then you almost certainly love Nikola Jokic. So it seems that whoever published that article was probably just trying to get all of us to be up in arms about it for clicks. But also, I mean, he is, he's like, it's like a 300 pound Magic Johnson. Like, <laughs> right. why would, why would anybody not think that this guy was worthy of an MVP win? The only argument that you could make is that they're not first place in their conference. You know, like it's not, they're not on what would be a 60 win pace in a regular 82 game season. But even there, it's like, well, there's a very obvious excuse for that which is that he's lost Mal Murray and and it's a young team like the second or third best player is Michael Porter Jr. who like you know I guarantee you doesn't know what year World War II was fought so <laughs> you know it's it's um it's not that weird to me that that team is a playoff hopeful but not necessarily considered to be like first tier championship contenders even though they have rattled off a super strong win streak in the very recent past. Speaking of which, since we're getting into playoff time anyway, just to stay outside of the Kings universe for a second and just be an NBA fan, who is speaking to you as championship favorite right now? This is one of the most interesting and kind of open fields we've seen in a long time. I think that there's any one of seven or eight teams that could realistically take it down considering the way that injuries and stuff are right now. Do you have anyone that's kind of looking that that's speaking to you as a team that's going to go out and take it? I think if, if I'm putting money on it today that I'm putting my money on Brooklyn, it just feels like they have the, in a field where everybody has some sort of problem, you know, nobody is the, runaway 72 and or 73 and nine warriors kind of favorite so in a field like that it seems like brooklyn has the most mental advantages in the sense that Kyrie is insane and he thinks he's the best player in the world james harden has had some playoff struggles but he also has a lot of playoff experience and he's sort of in a a situation that's new in the sense that he's got help and it just it seems like they would be the people who tell themselves the least, like, we had a great season, but we probably can't win it all. Whereas I could see Denver, I could see Utah, I could see Phoenix telling themselves that, even if they don't want to admit it. You know, those teams have had great seasons, and they have a lot of talent, but they haven't really been there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I could definitely see it with Brooklyn. The thing about Brooklyn is I could also, I could see them doing it with only two of their top three. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, even if Harden doesn't come back. And that, like like you said about Kyrie, it's his, his self-conception can be a little silly, but also on a given play, he can be the best player in the world, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and and he's and he's won finals games by himself before. So right. not by himself, but his shots have decided finals games before. So yeah, he's he's a playoff killer, you know. And so he's he's absolutely the kind of guy that that can help you, especially when he's surrounded by you know two of the greatest scorers in NBA history. And Durant doesn't really need to be at a hundred percent to still eat you alive. And he also doesn't clearly doesn't need the ball all the time you know and he all he doesn't need to get many minutes even to do insane damage he, he scored like 30 points in like fucking 25 minutes the other night you know yeah he's there brooklyn is is looking crazy the other team i mean i i had originally put my marker down on detroit i felt all proud of myself for for uh, having a contrarian take that that felt real and then of course jamal murray immediately got hurt i think i think you mean denver i, I meant denver <laughs> Thank you. If you put your money on Detroit, then um, you probably have uh, a little more brain fog than you even are recognizing now. Yes, the other D team, uh, Dallas. No, just kidding. <laughs> Denver. Yeah, so I had originally put my marker down on Denver. Then Jamal Murray got hurt like one day later. I, I honestly, I still think that they could make it to the conference finals as is just because Michael Porter Jr.'s ascent has been so extreme this year. Yeah, they're really good. They're so good. And Aaron Gordon was, as I have said multiple times on this show, absolutely the perfect move. Like, that's exactly the kind of move that, that makes me excited because it's the kind of move that you would make if you, like, were running the team yourself in a fucking NBA 2K fantasy GM league or whatever. But the other team that nobody's talking about that I think is just lying in the cut waiting is the Clippers. Yeah. They're tough. They have an enormous chip on their shoulder after last year, and they've got a couple of emotionless robots at the center of their operation who are capable of really demoralizing you in a playoff series. Plus, from a Kings fan's perspective, they got Boogie Baby. And he's looking real good. Yucky. Um, <laughs> it's true. Kawhi has also won championship games with his scoring and, and defense. You know, he's he's also been the X factor in a championship. So it's hard to, even though they sort of gave themselves the reputation of falling apart in the playoffs, it's hard for me to see them having the same kind of, of unceremonious exit this time. The main thing that we all need to agree on is that it's not going to be the fucking Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. Yeah, fuck the Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. Okay, well, that's a perfect spot to end it because your boy is going to go get under a blanket. Nap time. Nap time, baby. Uh, This show will be published uh, at some point today. This is Friday. Sorry if it's late. I have a valid excuse. Thank you so much for joining us. We have, as I said earlier, San Antonio tonight at 7, uh, Sunday OKC at 7, Tuesday OKC at 7. We'll be back on Tuesday for regularly scheduled programming where I will hopefully be healthy. So that's that for us. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again on Tuesday. Peace. Peace. Peace.